0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR presents. This is going to be my response and sort of, Really quick overview and review and thoughts on E3 2019. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to Rage, probably live right now. Come on in and join the stream of the conversation. I was actually there officially working and hosting with Twitch. I don't know if I can post those videos on my channel or not. I got to find out if I can. I had some really fun interviews, got to interview Bungie and some other really, really great developers. I want to fly through this as best I can, kind of get my thoughts on each of the conferences, and then just stand out titles from each one. So let's start with Microsoft. Uh, Obviously, some of the biggest things that we saw here was, you know, the new console. We know that it's coming next year, Winter. It looks to be really, really strong. I would imagine that it's going to be able to handle the 60 FPS dream that we all want, because they did say one of the most encouraging things they said during the console session was that frame rate was a priority and that to me is really exciting it wasn't just resolution 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 like they actually mentioned frame rate and pushing it up into the 120s if they can given that i think they said it'll be four times stronger than the current xbox one so that's really exciting the new controller looks amazing uh actually pretty excited to try one out um because i've always liked the elites got to talk to them kind of off the record about the elite hoping that we're going to see some good improvements with like stick drift and some other things I think it was a great showing. I think Microsoft absolutely killed it. I love the focus on indie titles. I love the fact that they were able to have such a strong show because I think Microsoft is really... I predicted a couple years ago at E3 that it felt like Microsoft was setting themselves up to blur the line between console and PC. They want to have like this platform and you can buy any of their platforms, like their, their their consoles, and you can play those games on any of them. Really, really high strong high powered pc or the new xbox scarlet or xbox one x like you can buy anything on their platform and it's just going to be a matter of the graphics being better or worse depending on the platform that you get and it really felt like they drove that nail home this year talking about the next console For me, the standout titles were obviously Cyberpunk. Now, that's not specific to Xbox, but Keanu Reeves was a pretty big win. And then I'm a huge fan of Ori. So those were kind of the two titles I walked away being the most excited about. Uh, Disappointed to see Ori getting pushed into next year. It was supposed to launch this year, 2019, but it got pushed into 2020. And I'm hoping Gears can really, really bring the innovation. It looked like some new stuff was going to be happening in the combat. And then they have their new mode that looks like it might be pretty fun. Uh, Bethesda, let's talk about Bethesda next bethesda felt kind of good and bad i mean it's good to see them really owning what happened with fallout 76 i thought that was a needed tone from todd howard to admit that it was it was totally valid criticism and that the game didn't do well and it's also cool to see they have such a strong commitment to that game they're not giving up on it they're investing in it they're adding to it and then the battle royale mode i'm not kidding you they might actually pull it off i know people are sick of br But I honestly think they might actually be able to pull it off with the tone and the style of, you know, of Fallout. Now, for me, the takeaway titles were Doom. Obviously, I love Doom and we saw it last year. We got to see a whole lot more this year. I do think the UI is a little bit more intrusive than it was in previous, the previous title. And I'm wondering if we can tone that down. The UI felt a bit much given that the main focus should be the graphics. And given that you can do so much of the strategy and the tactics with, how you kill the enemies to get your ammo and health back. I kind of felt like we don't really need to see so much of the HUD, but that's minor to me. And then Deathloop looked really, really cool. Um, I actually don't think about these things, so it was kind of cool to have my consciousness raised about that. Adrian made sure to point out, like, it was two lead characters that were black, and I was like... Oh yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. And I think that's another kind of important thing, not in a sort of disingenuous, like forcing it way, but just in a really cool way. Like here's a brand new story, brand new game type. And the leads are one female, one male, and they're both black. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't pick up on that. So it was neat to be in proximity with somebody who that's important to, and he noticed that. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. And it also looks like a super creative game. So those were kind of my two takeaways from Bethesda. Devolver, loving them more and more each year. They bring something special to the, you know, to the E3 year, you know, every year, I I got to go to, like, a little, a little, like, get together with them, like, a little party, and they're super nice people, they're so fun, and they're really, really genuine, and I thought it was really neat that they just continue to drive home their identity of being rebels, and (laughs) E3 not liking them. My takeaway titles from there, surprisingly enough, Carrion obviously looked dope to me. I love the pixel platformers, and I thought Carrion looked awesome, and also... Fall Guys! Fall Guys almost stole all of E3 for me, because uh, I was excited, obviously, to interview Bungie about Destiny, and obviously Doom, and all the shooters, but man, oh man, Fall Guys looks incredible, 100 players, it's, in- when they said during my interview with them that it was inspired by MXC, I got even more excited, because I love MXC, I watched that so much growing up in high school with my friends, just laughing our butts off in the middle of the night, and so Fall Guys was my big takeaway, uh, from the PC, uh, gaming show, and so... I hope that game is a blast, I hope it's fun to stream with, they've got lots of ideas and things they want to do with the streaming space, and I hope they can actually land that. So those are my takeaway issues. PC game issue did have some sound issues, but Day9 and Frankie are phenomenal. They're so good, I got to talk to both of them. I actually got to talk to Day9 a little bit more than Frankie, just let him know that I appreciate his craft and how good he is, and I really kind of study hosting and interviewing from a variety of personalities, and I really like what he brings to the table the ubisoft uh presser. Oh, I forgot, PC Game Show. I forgot to mention um so Devolver, I had Fall Guys and Carrier. My takeaway um titles from the PC Game Show was Conan Chop Chop and Valfaris and Man Eater. Valfaris is on my wish list. I think it looks amazing. It's another really really cool like pixel platformer Metroidvania and then Man Eater, I mean you get to play as a shark and eat people and then Conan Chop Chop, hilarious Really, really cool game, like a rogue top-down co-op game where it just looks awesome, really, really cool and fun, uh, kind of silly graphics. I thought it looked really, uh, really dope. Let's move on to Ubisoft. Ubisoft is in an interesting space right now, and I felt like their showing was important because they showed a clear commitment to existing franchises. Rainbow Six, right? Siege and then Division 2, and For Honor. You know, they 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 make it clear they're investing in existing and successful franchises, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. People get all upset about the dancing, and I'm like, guys, that is an enormous franchise, okay? <laughs> That's a big, big title, and people love it. And it was even cool to see one of the people from our streaming space get, you know, get involved. Uh, little... Oh, what's her name? Frick, I'm blanking on her name. She got to be... She's going to be one of their dancers, and that's really exciting. That's awesome to see, like, people in the Twitch space crossing over and getting into games and getting to be involved in that kind of stuff. It's very, very, uh, very, very exciting. No, 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 no. Not that person, Captain Cosman no, Somebody else. Or Little Sia? Is it Little Sia? Or Sia? Oh, frick. I'm so mad I forgot her name because I met her at EA Game Changers, and she was so nice. And then she got to announce that after that presser. So my big takeaways from that one was... Um, Watch Dogs actually looked really, really cool. A permadeath system where your your agents can die and you have, like, a wide variety and you can play, like, as an old lady and she kind of stole the show. Like, Helen Helen stole the show for a lot of people. Uh, and then Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters being made by the same team who made AC Odyssey. I got to interview that guy. He was so passionate about the fact that like, they love the lore, they love the mythology, and they wanted to make another game. It looks like Breath of the Wild and Assassin's Creed are going to, like, have a baby. Um, So... Yeah, Little Isha, is that it? Little Isha? I thought it was Little Sia. Little Sia. Anyways, that's exciting to see streamers get involved in that way. Lastly, let's talk about Nintendo. Nintendo, I think, always does a good job. Uh, They do the Nintendo Direct. They're not there live. It's a video. And they had a solid showing. I feel like they did. They had a solid showing. The Luigi's Mansion solid titles you know and adding another one we got i was a part of that interview i sat second host in that interview got to ask some questions about you know their goals there jc from nintendo treehouse is one of the nicest guys such a great person to interview he was so fun he brought so many great games i got to interview him like multiple times and i thought luigi's mansion actually looked pretty promising they officially announced they're working on breath of the wild 2 so that's mega dope i mean if you like the first one how could you not right if you're if you're a, a fan of zelda the remake right the remake of Link's awakening looked really really good like i basically asked him i said hey are you guys gonna be you know remastering i don't know link to the past the best one ever or the very very first one and he's like we'll see how this one does man if people want us to remaster the other ones you know buy this one let us know you like these remasters and these remakes i was like okay everybody buy this buy Link's awakening uh dark crystal tactics i'm not big into the tactics xcom game type there was a lot of them this year i mean a lot we had like a whole day i think there were seven total from one day uh where like the tactics games but i mean it's dark crystal and it seems to be launching in tandem with the resurrection of a television show and like the dark crystal storyline and they're obviously tipping the hat to jim henson so that's cool and then lastly astral chain astral chain it it felt reminiscent of like jrpg combat but uh you're right, it's little Sia. Okay, it's little Sia. I had it right. That's 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 the that's the streamer that's getting to work with them. Astral Chain looked really, really cool. You have like a robot attached to you and you could do like combos with your robot and when fighting and it just looked really, really cool and a really, really cool world with investigation and clue finding and really fun combat and different ways to spec your character. You can spec into your gun or your blade or like doing different things with your, like this robot that was like attached to you. And then Square Enix, I didn't get to see Square Enix. So obviously everybody's, you know, Final Fantasy VII looks amazing. I was thrilled to see that it's not turn-based. So that had me really excited. A lot of their titles don't really interest me. So overall, I thought it was a great E3. I thought it was diverse. I thought there was a lot of good stuff. I thought there was a lot of good variety mixed in with indie titles and brand new big titles and established franchises and new franchises so overall I really enjoyed it maybe I'm a little bit biased because I got to work and kind of get to do my dream which was host with Twitch and do interviews so I hope you enjoyed E3 I hope I get to go every year and do that some more and just kind of represent gamers well and ask fun questions and we're going to transition to question and answer now so you can submit questions if you're here live if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content please like, share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. It's going to be a real short Q&A. Probably right around a 10-minute video after my E3 talk. Not very many questions, but wanted to give a segment here and a chance to respond to some of the questions. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live. Twitch.tv slash rage And look for more segments like this. I like covering games and doing reviews and talks like this. So, let's just jump into it here. Fat Hotshot with the very first question. And I knew it. I knew somebody was going to do this. I don't know if I'm prepared. Top five games you saw coming out of this year and 20. 20. Okay, so number one is Ori in the Blind Forest. They're adding new abilities and they're adding boss fights. Ori is, oh, I'm sorry, Ori in the Will of the Wisps. Ori in the Will of the Wisps looks absolutely fantastic. The more I see, the more I salivate. I cannot wait for that freaking game. It looks fantastic number two really surprised me fall guys I just a hundred players they're like little jelly bean fat rag dolls and you're trying to knock each other off and it's inspired by Mxe most extreme elimination challenge and I watched that a ton growing up in high school cannot wait I think the interview even made me like it uh, even more it just looks so so good obviously cyberpunk has got to be in the top top five looks fantastic and I can't wait to play that Doom is always a big one for me, and I feel like it looked like they added some really, really good things for Doom. So that's going to be my, I think, what did I say? I said Ori, Fall Guys, uh, Cyberpunk, and Doom. And then number five, uh, I'm probably going to have to go with Gods and Monsters because to me, the AC Odyssey team working on like an open world sort of adventure, explorative, like Breath of the Wild kind of game with their quality and their vision and all that mythology, I think Gods and Monsters is just going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. So that'd be my top five coming away. There's so many other ones that I, I think are bringing really, really good things to the table. A lot of great indie titles like Carrion, Conan, Chop Chop, Valfaris, Maneater. Some really, really solid titles there. I, you know, and then it, there were some really, really good Nintendo titles as well. I love to see Microsoft's commitment to... Two indie titles, and someone in chat saying not Destiny. I don't ever pick Destiny because that's kind of a given that I'm super excited about Destiny and I think Shadow Keep looks phenomenal, but that's not like a oh my gosh, dude, look at this title. It's a DLC. So, and that's not even Shade, that's just a difference in my mind. Uh, Grays, from a lot of the media I've read or listened to, attendance felt very low. Where does E3 go after this year? Does E3 still exist in two or three years? Well, I think E3 needs to become more of an, a bit like more of a Internet showcase. You don't need to spend tons of money on some big, insane booth, and you don't need to spend a ton of money on some big presser. I think you could do more Nintendo Direct and more interviews, because I think that's really what people are tuning in for you get that that's where all the exposure is like the general public comes in how many people are literally just there for swag and like hoping for a picture and then they want to play like that's it that's generally why they're there there it's not the same as it was five years ago so in my mind I would think you would really want to take it and say let's just focus on really really good pressers like Microsoft always does an amazing job and then after that you just triple out you just trickle out and you do all the interviews IGN GameSpot GameStop YouTube Twitch because that's another great way to distribute your content and get people looking at it and get down into the nitty gritty of the gameplay like some of our best interviews were literally just like let's talk through this gameplay that to me is probably a better use of the time you know how much money they would save if that's what they focused on and if that's what they focused on they'd probably get better return of investment because they'd be more focused on like how's this going to come across on stream how's this going to come across in an interview what's our b-roll and our trailer and our gameplay look like for the people watching at home because that gets replay value that gets watched by a huge audience live that day uh you and i would even start doing this i would even start doing this Tune in with this interview. This is the only place you're going to be able to see this gameplay. Um, so I think that that is that's a way for them. I think to really get more bang for their buck instead of thinking of it as a traditional con where they got to have a massive booth and the live audience matters and the people coming in the door matter. They matter, but I think you got to put way more chips on the table for the audience watching at home. You can't just like get rid of E3, right? conferences and streams like that are massively valuable because it's so cheap in comparison to like just take some b-roll and a trailer and some community people to do good interviews and then be part of a really good presser like walk out on a big presser like microsoft and be like we're working on thus and so here's our trailer i think that's very valuable and the marketing reach of that is massive and the marketing reach of your booth really isn't so Romanian czar. Do you think you will do another Anthem stream just for fun? Not anytime soon. No. Not anytime soon. Uh, I think Downcape's uh, question was genuine. He said, I noticed that you said, say no to rage instead of say no to rage. Why is that? I mean, he may be picking up on the fact that I am syncopating it on purpose so it doesn't sound like Senator rage because if I say say no to rage really fast. So I say say no to rage as like to enunciate it better. I think that's maybe what he was asking about. Loot Dragon. Did you have any conversations with the Bungie team outside of your interview? Any insights? I did, and they don't do like the... We're going to give you the inside track here. I repeated a question that Jeff Keighley asked, what about Destiny 3? and they basically said that's not the focus right now and Luke Smith said the same thing so I'm not giving you some like I'm not like breaking their trust that was a public answer and that was a publicly asked question that's generally the only thing I really got that like I was more focused in the pre-interviews on like what are you wanting to showcase how can we make your game look as good as possible and I didn't just do that for Bungie I did that for everybody because that's the whole point of the interview Uh, infamous warrior do you think playstation not being an e3 affected much in terms of their presence and trailers getting attention xbox possibly getting ahead well there's certainly a ripple effect okay there's certainly a ripple effect because if sony shows up guess what a lot of those indie titles that got to do interviews probably wouldn't have gotten to do interviews. Why? Because we would have been interviewing Ghost of Tsushima. We would have been interviewing Death Stranding. We would have been interviewing The Last of Us 2. We would have been interviewing, I don't know, any other any other Sony exclusives that would have been there to walk around, right? They, they're not going to show up. They're going to save their cards. They're going to keep their cards close to their chest, and they're going to drop them when Sony does their thing. And so that does affect it. Now, how bad is that? Well, I, that affects viewership. Because viewership spikes when a big game is going to interview with one of the companies, whether they're interviewing with you you know YouTube or Twitch, viewership goes up. People take an interest. The conference usually has very very good viewership. So Sony not being there affects the general intrigue and interest in the con, not just during the presser itself, but in the subsequent interviews and things that happen in the aftermath. Because people want to know, right? They want to know. They're like, what what's going on with Last of Us 2? You know, Dan Papa can we touch on ps5 and xbox garland i keep hearing people say ps5 is stronger yet sony is talking in terms of 8K movies while xbox is talking in terms of ak game graphics am i missing something or are these companies just bad at reporting i don't have enough information to really give a good substantive answer here um i don't so i'm not actually sure if they're because saying The Scarlet's four times stronger than the Xbox One is now. Are they talking about the original Xbox One? Are they talking about the Xbox One X? I don't know. I I think they're going to be the closest to like a gaming PC that console owners have ever had before. And I think what gives me the most hope is that Microsoft talked about frame rate. That made me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. It's like, okay, that matters as much as everything else. So... That is good, and we'll wait for the actual hardcore crunched stats whenever it comes out. People in chat are saying they said it's four times the power of the Xbox One X. That's pretty dadgum strong, so I think we'll be in good hands. Because they started talking about load time, and I'm like, dude, I don't care that much about load time, I want to make sure I'm not getting a freaking headache when I play your console game, because the FOV and the frame rate sucks, like, you know what I'm saying, I'm not hating on consoles, but going down from PC to a console exclusive is just not fun when the frame rate and the FOV is just grossly inferior, Um, so, Evil the Waffler, you don't like turn-based combat in the OG FF7, why not, personally I prefer it, I feel it's exhausting. It's not fluid, and it uh, it feels like static and non-participatory, I guess. Child of Light, beautiful game. Love that game. Turn-based combat, I just got annoyed. Uh, it's a preference thing, obviously. I'm not saying it's bad. Preference, me, Lono. Experiencing the game, I get bored. I feel like I'm not taking part. It feels non-participatory. I want my reactions and my my reflexes to be tethered to decision-making. Because all it really comes down to in turn base is decision making, and so I get bored and I don't like it. So, but that again, that's preference. Uh, Auslick Prime, do you see any new hardware worth mentioning? Controllers, headsets, Xbox new controller, the new Elite I think looked amazing, and then obviously the new console looks great. Mel. Who was the most surprising interview you did, either the game or the devs themselves? I think the interview for Tunche, uh, which was from a Peruvian developer, was probably the most, like, touching Because he talked about how there wasn't really, and there really isn't even now, a big Peruvian game development or gaming community, and they just decided they wanted to make a game. And they didn't just want to make a game, they wanted to make a game where they wove in Peruvian myth and lore into the game. So that's what Tunche is, it's this mystical tree that people are searching for, and then they put pink jungle dolphins in the game, those are actually real, uh, down there in Peru, pink jungle dolphins. And I thought that was a really, really cool interview. And I was grateful for Zeke to press in on the development company and its history and not just the game. I thought that was really cool that he was thoughtful to ask that question. And Toonche looked really cool. It was a roguelike with in- influences from Devil May Cry and uh, Bayonetta for the combat style. And I thought it was super dope. It was like, okay, so you took a hand-drawn platformer and it's a rogue, but you took Like combo and fighting influences from Devil May Cry and Bayonetta. Really, really neat. Really, really neat, like, amalgamation of different and, you know, different mixtures of different game types. So I thought it looked really, really cool. Uh, Giza says, with next-gen system on the horizon, do you get the sense of developers wanting to finish up their current-gen stuff and start seeing what's possible for the future? Th- this is one of the reasons that maybe E3 felt light this year, because if you think about it, they, they know, developers know, that PS5 and Xbox Scarlet are around the corner. So next year will probably be one of those big bomb drop years. Look at this title! Blah, 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 blah Launching this winner on the Xbox Scarlet! Like, I think next year will be that. This year's sort of like the, eh, we're gonna hold off and wait. So thank you for 27 months conflicted bano paddywhack with 18 months and clopas with 13 months guys thanks for all the comments on e3 i'm trying to fly through these questions this is a shorter segment geezer d how do you think cyberpunk will do with content creation or streaming i'm already interested in potential op skill trees it should be good should be fun not sure about you know my, my family friendly rating will probably go out the window it looks like it's gonna have a little a lot of stuff in it and uh that's okay but i think for streaming games like that generally have short lifespans because people lose interest it's 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 got to be like a game as service community driven like loot pursuit style game to like have that longevity and that enduring staying power how high is low currently play on xbox one do you think switching to pc now would be pointless if the new console is as strong as implied really up to you right really up to you honestly because Xbox is a a year away games that are going to take advantage of its processing power and graphical power is not going to be an enormous list right away so I would say probably like middle of 2021 you'll really feel like the console's up and running with a pretty good library of high performing games and right now you could get your PC upgraded a little bit play some dope games and then pretty much everything that's going to launch on you can probably get on your pc too um so if we were like a month away from scarlet i could see you being like ah i'll wait but like we all know that scarlet's gonna land and have like a small library of games that really take advantage of its processing power and you know So I I can't really give you any advice. That's just kind of like my flyover of things for you to think about. So I think that it's promising that Microsoft is blurring the line between console and PC. I think that's promising because that means you're going to start to see more and more developers flock to the Microsoft platform because they can develop a game that runs on Xbox One X, Xbox Scarlet and PC, and that's a really big audience And that's really, really good. Your dev kits can be unified. Your communities can be unified with cross-play and cross-save. I think that's a big win. And I think that's one of the reasons maybe Sony is getting in front of the um the cross play cross save thing call of duty is going to be cross play i mean I, I don't know if you heard that during my interview with the call of duty modern warfare guy it's going to be cross play dauntless is cross play bungie's bringing cross save to destiny with the hope to bring cross play somewhere in the future like that ship is turning and I think that's really good for gamers, but I also think the Microsoft platform could become the king again in a couple in, in a year or two. It could become the king. Because they've laid really, really good groundwork. And if the dev kits are unified, they could become a bigger platform than Sony, just de facto, because you can get the game on all those platforms and play with people on all those platforms and your character goes with you everywhere. And developers love that. Like that's like a very more that's like a more streamlined development like approach. I can build the game way up here, create graphical like downgrades, like drag the bar, right? Lower the resolution, lower the frame rate, lower the texture mapping, and then all of a sudden it runs on Xbox X just a little bit with lower graphics and lower performance. Okay? Like that's a that's a huge platform then. Cause now you got PC gamers and you got Xbox One X owners and Xbox Scarlet owners are that's your that's your platform. And I think that'll be very appealing to publishers and developers. Not necessarily for exclusivity, but like, let's build our game for that. And then if Sony wants in, cool too. But like, you'll see more and more games doing maybe just not even being paid to do platform exclusives. But like, it's just easier to make stuff for that platform because it's all unified. So... That's a good place to end. Uh, I, you know, I am going to end a little bit early today because of dinner. So a little bit shorter Q&A, but I wanted to fly through that, give you guys that content. Those of you that listen on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always take part of these live, trying to do more content that's not just Destiny Focus. As always, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.